Welcome to the Friday Fraudster Podcast with Kelly Paxton, Pink Collar Crime Expert, Joe Irvin, your person for all things ethics, and Robert Barry, the guy who helps you ask better questions. Join them as they discuss sad, funny, and sometimes disturbing fraud stories. Be sure to catch past episodes on your favorite podcasting platform or go to www.fridayfraudster.com and grab some CPE while you're there. Woo. What's happening, guys? Welcome to episode number 98. Is that crypto really real? Now, Joe and Thomas are smiling because they just saw something else that now you get the title and where it all ties in, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think that, what, what does the intro say? Scary, so, funny, sometimes sad fraud stories. Disturbing. Oh, yeah. Sometimes disturbing. 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 I don't know which one this falls into to me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe disturbing. <laughs> oh, I think today is all of the above. Scary, <laughs> disturbing. Oh, this is a big one. I hope Dana's here. I know I, I talked to Dana. I hope she's here for this one. I was wondering. I was just looking in the comments. She said she was going to try to change her schedule. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Joe. Yeah. Um, you guys own any crypto? You, I feel like you ask me this every 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the answer to be yes. No, no, the answer is no. <laughs> no crypto, none for you either, Thomas. So whenever it first got popular, I dabbled a little bit. And then I, I thought about it and said, what in the world are we investing in? Like, what are we actually paying for? And I got out very quickly. So uh, yeah, it, it it's never made sense to me to, uh, yeah, I, no, no, not at all. I don't have a dime in crypto anymore. I, well, I mean, the same could be said for the U.S. dollar nowadays, though. What in the heck are you invest? <laughs> <laughs> I am still stuck on we're auditors that are, you know, so big on regulations. And I just wouldn't invest in an unregulated currency right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's like kind of like a practice what you preach thing for me for some reason. But I will tell you, can I use a real life example of where it's coming into even the university's world? is my students right now are doing a side advising project with the university. It's actually the university's foundation. So it's a separate entity from the university, right? That raises money um, as to whether they should accept cryptocurrency donations and what should they do with them. And of course, our advice would be to change them to cash immediately because of the volatility. But anyway, I just, you know, it's in every day conversation it comes up in every one of my classes so you know anyway it i know it's there i just haven't done it so stephanie doesn't own any crypto thomas doesn't own any crypto i don't own any crypto now wait a minute here we go christine christine hurry yeah. yes but a small amount just want to see what the fuss is all about shafundu good to see you man hey sir are, are we all going to start judging Christine now? Is that what we're going to start doing? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> we're going to ask how much does she have and when, when is she going to cash out? <laughs> Actually, I mean, like, I, I think it is like, that is another thing I could see auditors doing, right? Is testing the process because that's what we do. So I'm not surprised to see that as a response in the comments. 
Exactly. And speaking of testing the process, woo. So let's just talk about what crypto is so that everybody understands truly what it really is. Okay. And I'm going to oversimplify this. So Dana, if you're watching or if you see this later, please don't fuss at me. But look, just imagine you had a token, but it wasn't real, you know, and imagine an imaginary token. And it has like a secret code that lets you buy things online and nobody else can steal it or copy it in theory because it's unique to you. Now, imagine that other people also have these digital tokens and they can buy things with them, too. Those tokens would be called cryptocurrencies. Now, now, cryptocurrency is exchanged on something called the blockchain or the transactions are recorded on something called the blockchain. Now, the blockchain is not that difficult to understand. You, it's a public ledger. That's all it is. So picture a transaction occurs. Boom, there's a block. Another transaction occurs. Boom, there's another block. And you keep adding to it. Hence, block chain. Now, here's where it gets tricky, though, because with crypto, you have to have some sort of exchange for trading it. Like, I just can't give Joe some and then Joe, you know, gives me cash for it. It's like trading stock. You have to have an exchange, kind of like the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, except for not re regulated. <laughs> so, there are quite a few cryptocurrency exchanges out there. Coinbase is one of the bigger ones. Now, we know about one that failed <clears throat> recently, uh, FTX. Um, but now these exchanges attempt to make sure that the transactions are legitimate and the value of crypto fluctuates. The most popular crypto is called a Bitcoin. So when people talk about Bitcoin, Bitcoin is a type of crypto. Bitcoin is not crypto in and of itself. Now, as we as some of us know, though, anybody can make a cryptocurrency. If Thomas and I wanted to make one, we could call it the Tom Rob cryptocurrency and we could start <laughs> one. Now, the most craziest cryptocurrency to date that actually has now started to be taken kind of sort of a little bit seriously has been one called Dogecoin. Doge is a freaking dog. Is that okay? <laughs> it is a thing. Yes, it is a real thing. Like, kind of came and went out of the news after you know Elon stopped talking about it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it, it is. It is real, and it is here. So now, now, with that said, with that said, ooh, investing in crypto is very profitable with a reliable platform. We don't want to know more information, though. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Rollis? Good to have you here. And Mark is here. Mark, do you have any crypto, sir? Okay, 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 okay. I so bet Mark. I know Mark's answer. <laughs> yeah, we know Mark's answer. So let, let's, now that we set kind of the primer for what crypto is, if I can get back to my uh story to my story that involved crypto the fbi and all kinds of stuff i uh i put the story in the comments because this is one i think everybody should read for several reasons because we are on linkedin for one so robert's yeah. gonna tell you about that part of the story but anyway keep going oh th this one was crazy okay so, like so i just <laughs> yeah there were three or four parts to this one yeah yeah so so I just explained what a crypto exchange was. Now, there is 
a Brazilian crypto exchange called Blue Binks. And well, they got scammed. <clears throat> they got scammed big time. So there's another exchange called Binance. And you may have heard of that when they've been in the news a, a lot lately. They are one of the sought after exchanges, meaning you want to have your crypto exchanged via Binance. So the company Bluebanks wanted to have their crypto exchanged on Binance. And they were approached by a party saying, we can make this happen for you. However, in order to make this happen, you need to give us $200,000 as well as 25 million units of your crypto. And that doesn't mean $25 million because it may not be worth, you know, that much. So in order to list us on your exchange, on this exchange, you give us 200 grand in cash, which is not abnormal to pay to be listed on an exchange. Okay. Yes, Joe. Yes. Doesn't this remind you of the blue check Twitter story? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it's a little extreme, but anytime there's that third party in the middle that says, I can get you something or somewhere, I'm like, yeah, just like those people wanting to buy the blue check, right? Was that Twitter? Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Bonita is saying red flag. Rollis, you bought crypto. What did you, you sold it? Wait, how did Wait, you? Wait, Okay. 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 Holding and my broker went bankrupt on the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> okay. So now, so now, let, let's get back to the story. So, this company wanted their crypto listed on a major exchange. They found another company that said, if you pay us two hundred thousand dollars plus, give us twenty five million units of your crypto will put you on the exchange now by the way the 25 million was necessary would have been necessary if well the 25 million is necessary so that the exchange can actually trade your currency so they got to have it from you typically the way they make money is there's there's a surcharge right every time an exchange occurs there's a surcharge so that's how the exchanges actually make money so on the surface this isn't too much of a red flag except for you I mean, I'm giving you 200 grand for, for you to be on my exchange. That, that's kind of a red flag. Now, now, here's where it gets even scarier. <clears throat> well, turns out the intermediary that was going to place the money on the Binance exchange was fake. And the reason they were able to swindle the company is because they were able to impersonate the chief communications officer at Binance. Now, I know you're wondering, on a Zoom call, they were able to impersonate the chief communications officer. It, how are they able to, Joe, how in the, you on a Zoom call, Joe, how in the world do you? Well, uh, um, I don't know. Can you show them, Robert? How do you, <laughs> you know I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> okay okay so in all seriousness we, if people have been watching the show for a long time who knows what episode it was but go back and i bet deep fake was in the title of another article and that's how it happens now yep. yeah well and people know how much i love artificial intelligence too so they were able to fake 
the chief communications officer using artificial intelligence and they used a hologram. So by the way, this of course is a hologram of me, right? But I mean, there's a deep fake of me, but let's see what I look like with somebody else's another face. Let's try another face. How about this? so crazy and if you don't believe it's me i'm scratching my nose right now now i'm rubbing my forehead um and you can look at the bottom and the top you can see that they're both me in real time so this is okay finally we got a reaction i was like i know there's a delay i'm like waiting for it <laughs> waiting for it waiting for it mary said wow it's crazy. So if anybody's listening to this on a podcast, you need to find the actual replay of this video and watch this because this is absolutely insane. Just how, I mean, how realistic it looks on the screen. Let's see right what now. I look like as a girl. Thank you, Thomas, because I often forget when I like hold stuff up to be like, here's what I'm holding up. And it bug bugs me when I listen to another person's podcast and they forget to like explain. And I'm like, wait, what? What would they show? What would they do? <laughs> yeah. No. That is the ugliest woman I have ever seen, Robert. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm okay being an ugly woman, though. I am actually okay with that. Oh, but, but you know, if if you think about it, if you have someone that looks a little bit like a CEO, an owner, you know, someone in the position, if you you know a slight wig or a hat will change up the the hair enough if needed, and this would this could completely be realistic, thinking that you're somebody else and, and impersonate them very easily with this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and you know, it, it goes back to something that I said the other day about auditors talking about chat GPT, they were worried that it would write reports better than them. And I'm like, if if that's your thought, get out of the profession. Your thought should be, what are the risks to your organization? So for example, any auditors watching this podcast, seeing me change my face live on the fly should be going to your HR department and saying, hey, here's a new risk that's out here that you need to be looking at when you're interviewing candidates for jobs. So anyway, we'll talk yeah, about that. Not even just the HR department. Everybody needs to be trained on this kind of stuff, right? Good point, Joe. Good point. Yeah. Good, yeah. good point. So, so okay. So before we go into some other things, let's get back to the story real quick, and then we'll, we'll do the add-on stuff. So uh, the reason they found this out is because they, they tried to confirm with the chief communications officer the conversation that they had had via Zoom. And uh, maybe I can, well, no, I can't share that screen because I'm sharing this one. But uh, if you look at the article that Joe put in the chat, you'll see the conversation screen prints from it where he said, hi, Patrick, this is such and such. I had a conversation with you. Can you confirm? And then he said, that wasn't me. You know, it wasn't me. So that's how it unraveled. And then it got worse because um, the Blue Banks crypto exchange was one of the victims of this group because what happened was they took the $200,000, but then they also did a run on the cryptocurrency too. So they cashed in all of the crypto and essentially bankrupt the organization from a crypto standpoint. That dude is really creeping me out. 
Can you please take it away? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now. Yeah. So so they gave him 200,000, which is the normal fee for doing it. But then they essentially cashed in. So what I want to know is, Robert, in the controls within the crypto company, right? Not the exchange, but the company. Would it have been normal for them to see that 2.5 million? Like they have to cash it in, right? Like when they see that and wonder, like, wait, they just are they? That's the money that should have gone there, and they're about to bankrupt us, or no? I don't. No. Like. So so they've given away their units of crypto to the exchange, and now the exchange has to facilitate all the transactions. And because crypto is secure, once it's on the blockchain, it's secure. So no one cares at that point. Mm, okay. And I so if you can, yeah. yeah, the genius here was that they got it before it actually made it to the exchange. Right. But yeah. if they had, if they, okay, yeah, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, they, they got it before it became secured. Because with crypto, there, there are two different ways that you can actually secure it. Um, you can have um, uh, a hot wallet or a cold wallet. And so a hot wallet is is online and it's all online and all the transactions are stored in somebody's cloud and you log in with your username, password, et cetera. A cold wallet, you have like a USB drive that you carry along with you and it's very secure. Both are secure, but once it's on, somebody literally has to steal your credentials in order to get into it. But again, they got this before it even made it to the exchange. How do they cash it out if it's not on an exchange? Well, they put it on the exchange and then once it increased in value, they cashed it out. Okay. All so, right. But they had control over it before it got to the exchange. So they controlled <laughs> everything that happened with it. Gotcha. Okay. You know, looking at this, they had plans to build a a new headquarters. So they had huge expansion plans, right? It looks like they had around 30 or 35 employees that that I can find so far. So you're talking at least 20, 25 that immediately lost their jobs from this. And then according to to this article, I just found they had about 22,000 users that were were on whatever platform and were were trading this. So you had another 22,000 victims, basically, of this scam. So it's not just you know a small handful of people. This is a lot of people that that were really messed over by this. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we never victim shame, but do you? How do you all feel about? I mean, the it's a risk in and of, in and of itself, right? So you're you're investing in a risk. You're investing in a risky, I don't know, you know, um, currency. If you you know whatever, I guess that's what we call it. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there, right? Probably the wall street guys that are laughing like, Oh, the crypto crypto scams got scammed. Right. Like it's Ah, but uh, here's the thing though. It is no, it is, hmm, it is not markedly different from what is actually happening to Silicon Valley bank right now with the bank run. Yeah, that's right. I just, I just read that article. The venture capitalists just what cashed out all their money and that bank had to go under. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And for those who didn't get their hands on their money, 
they are only going to be insured up to $250,000. So, you know, when you look at it, there was a bank run here on the crypto and there was a run at a, at a traditional bank as well. Um, I would say the difference being, though, is that with the crypto, there was extreme fraud. Um, with Silicon Valley Bank, if I read it correctly, um, they, let's see what happened. They had a $1.8 billion loss, which drove their stock price down. It's, it, uh, it plunged 66%. And then investors lost faith in the bank and started pulling their money out. So there wasn't any fraud here from what I can tell based on, unlike the crypto story where there was actually some fraud that had occurred. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the big difference here, right, is that the Federal Reserve steps in, right? You have the FDIC, the, the insurance to be able to cover. So anybody that had more than 250K in there, at least they have some kind of coverage where with the crypto, there is no insurance, there is no coverage. You're just out of luck. So that's, yeah, that's the, the, the difference, right? I mean, and that's what people have to consider. If everything is a risk, right? Whenever you're spending money, everything is a risk, especially investing it. You have to be able to mitigate that risk. You have to be comfortable with that risk. And that's why nobody on this podcast is, uh, you know, has money in crypto. <laughs> you know, well, it's not worth the risk. It's tolerant. And the other thing, though, Go ahead. From, from, from what I'm reading, the Silicon Valley Bank, many of their members were extremely wealthy because it was a bank that served venture capitalists. And so even with the 250000 in insurance, that's just a drop in the bucket. One lady was saying she had several million in the bank and it's most likely going to be gone. But yeah, yeah. This is a, a lesson in diversifying your portfolio as well. Uh, but you know what else? Like it, as I'm criticizing, criticizing what happened to this crypto company, I'm also thinking about it happens to banks like JP Morgan when they buy a fake company. What was that gal name? What was Frank? Fred, Steve, something. Frank? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Kevin. I don't know. But now we're just talking about minions and Despicable Me. But um, the. <laughs> <laughs> he taught us as kids. He at least did. Rob, you got it too. Anyway, um, no, but you think about it. They essentially, you know, maybe it's not. It's different because that was just a due diligence issue. But I mean, everybody has the ability to fall victim to a scam. A scam that essentially they thought they were doing the due diligence. They said they went through. At least that's what they put on their website, right? They went through all yeah. the. Steps, you know, and they thought they were talking to the CEO, CEO, CCO, or whatever of finance. But yeah, I mean, yeah. just to show, like, even what we've been doing from a due diligence perspective is not enough. And those policies, those procedures have to be literally criticized and enhanced every second. And I okay, think okay. that's part of where internal audit can come in, right? I'm I'm glad you brought it back to auditors. So, Joe, I'm going to creep you out for a little bit longer. So, auditors, let's talk about this, though, because now the questions that you should be asking are what (laughs) Joe said, I got to go. (laughs) What what can you do uh, and what can you how can you help your companies overcome some of these things? So here's some things that I've discovered, because, again, auditors, we're supposed to be helping our companies with risk. Now, the earlier versions of AI, you could just tell people to turn their heads to the side 
and look up and look down and you would be able to tell as you notice with this that doesn't happen so now there are also tools out there that will do things like look at the veins in your neck to see if there's blood pumping through your veins to see if you're a real person so they'll detect whether it's a real person or whether you're fake or not but this technology that i'm using right now nothing moves like it it, it this is really crazy and i haven't seen any countermeasures for this just yet but for people who are you still using some of the old school techniques tell them look left look right look up look down and then you'll see because it what the older techniques do they just layer it on top and uh but this thing i, I don't know what the heck it's doing it is that's weird and that's just a free tool or did you like like that you're using robert or is that like like you've invested in i know you do a lot of this so i'm just asking like how accessible is the good stuff this one right here is a free tool i have some that are free i have some that are paid and because i'm experimenting right but this one i was surprised i think it's only free for now because what they're doing is they're asking people for feedback so i'm thinking that they're um improving perfecting the algorithm which that looked pretty doggone good but i think they're perfecting the algorithm before they start offering it as a paid service but right now it's free okay so thomas rob can you imagine a world where <laughs> we start recommending and you know our audit reports that as before they start an interview <laughs> you go through this checklist of like you know verific oh my god i don't know it's like in my mind i'm going it's like the click you're not a robot you know pick the, the <laughs> graphic lights and i'm trying to figure out how we do that on a zoom video oh my god yeah yeah Crazy. or we can just simply go back to work in the offices wait uh -oh. Uh oh your volume went out oh thomas where'd you go am i still here you're here oh. but you, you're underwater you're swimming you sound like an alien <laughs> i did nothing i swear <laughs> Bob's deep fake guy like took over and like <laughs> Skynet, I'm telling you. Ma malware, like see now, wasn't there another part of this? Okay, there was another part of the article, Rob, yes. about how a lot of these marketers reach out on platforms like LinkedIn. So that's like this crypto thing, right? Like, hey, we'll get you on Binance. And um, so they reached out on LinkedIn, right? And that's where a lot of this goes. And that anyway uh robert hello are you listening to me and <laughs> wait is that place robert or real robert like is he really listening to what i'm saying okay 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 i'm, I'm back i'm back okay wait. but no. anyway okay so then what where was i going with this anyway linkedin people were reaching out to sell crypto and people would click on it and then they give them malware right is that what it's called yeah. i got you so so here, here's what joe is talking about you all so the article also warned you got to be careful on linkedin because people will solicit you for crypto and they'll they'll come into your emails and they'll say certain things and don't listen to them but they also said that it was recently discovered by the lazarus group that uh uh that the lazarus group tied to north korea use linkedin crypto jobs to infect user devices and so since february the hackers have posted open positions at coinbase looking for engineers managers and, and etc but in the job description there was a pdf file to download that had malware now anybody who downloads a pdf file that actually ends in the extension.exe you probably deserve to be hacked 
But um, <laughs> so the file would then open a decoy PDF, and while the um, and then it would execute another file in the background trying to get information on people. The assumption was if you were looking for that kind of job, you already had one. And so they were trying to get credentials at the company that you work for currently. I think this is like one of those things where we laugh and we're like, you know, people, we think we all know better, but people don't. So, you know, I'm going to give the, somebody at the university just asked for my password for something, you know, and it's like, I, I'm the internal audit director of education, but yes, but like, I have to educate that I'm not going to give you my password. Like we think it's just so common for us is what I'm getting at. Right. It's not common for everybody. So you know what? Yeah. I would have given them my password. This is my password. Nope. Not ever. One, two, three. <laughs> it's no, and I don't, and I don't want to like shame anybody because it, it just is, it's not common knowledge as much as, and I know everybody watching this, it probably is. And so it's like, you know, we talk about romance scams and we talk about crypto scams and all this and like, we would never get scammed, right? We would never open the attachments or, but then you've got like my 11 year old son who is literally signing up for every free thing he can get. He may be taken to Circle K to get a free 99 cent soda. And I was like, you have given your email and your phone number to more people in the, in the what, six months you've had a cell phone than I've been <laughs> in my entire 40 whatever plus years, right? Like, and I'm like, have I taught this kid nothing? But it's, it's the enticement. It's the free right. stuff, it's the, you know, and that's how they get you. Yeah, this is yeah. me, me y'all. I'm, I'm like trying to explain. He's like, well, why is it a big deal? I mean, I can give my email and my phone number to whoever I want. I said, well, what if they steal your identity and they ruin your credit and you can never buy a car or you never buy a house? And he's just like, well, I'll walk. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's hard because your identity could be stolen and you may not have even ever done anything. Now, JT is wondering, does that mean in-person interviews only? I don't think so, though, because I think I, I think we're still going to be in a remote world, though. So how do you, you know? I know. Hey, this is an all virtual job, but I want you to fly in to interview for it. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind at all. I would be all for I because I think that initial connection is really important. And then it helps you build the virtual. Right. So, I mean, even with trainings, I, I love all my chapters, right, that I train, but the ones where I was there in 2018, 2019 in person and oh, now yeah. virtual, isn't it so much different? It's like, you know them and, you know, it's like this dynamic is different. So anyway. Yeah. I, I think it takes it takes a while to get it going on virtual. You know, just, just on an offshoot, I did one yesterday um, for a group and I use uh, <coughs> Google Meet. And what I like about Google Meet, though, it okay, I will admit it's a huge ego boost because, you know, you have the reactions. Right. But in Google Meet, they show up like they do in LinkedIn. They just float all up on the page. And so I saw hand clapping and smiling and laughing. And I was oh, like, yeah, I did a good job. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because you see it like on Zoom, you just they're so delayed. They're like, even if they do it, it just pops up for a minute. I love that. Right. Hey, Zoom, if you're listening, put some features in 
that float up on the screen <laughs> so we can give ourselves a pat on the back. <laughs> now, 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 JT asked a good question. What is the risk, though? Key positions probably warrant the in-person step. Probably. Yeah, yeah but I mean. Yeah. I, I agree with that, JT. So, I, I can I, take I, it or leave it. Yeah. I had the most interesting guest speaker in my in grad internal audit class last night, um, chief audit exec for a mining company here in Denver. And I'll tell you what, such a fantastic key risk discussion. Like that's what made me think of it, of, you know, just mining, you think about so many risks in that industry. And anyway, but people, people risk are big everywhere. Sorry, that was yes, Anyway, <laughs> just made me think of it. All right. Oh okay, guys, I'm ready to start my weekend. <laughs> I love you both, but I gotta go. I've got to go. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll see you. Uh Thomas and I'll uh close yeah. out the show. All right, bye guys. Bye. See ya. <laughs> All right. So today was very, very, very interesting so today we talked about crypto today we also talked about uh deep fake videos and we showed a deep fake so for everybody who's listening on some podcasting platform you definitely definitely want to go and check out the video on the youtube channel or on linkedin if you want to see deep fake in real time now mary baker is saying, oh, what is this Mary saying? Oh, hold on, Mary. I gotta read this. Um, I gotta read this online. As the hearts start flying on LinkedIn, hey, I wasn't saying that just to get the hearts, but I really do like it. Uh, big maker who hosts webinars for B2B from their site to create this report. We analyzed data from over a million marketing webinars hosted by Big Maker. Mary, what wait, what what's going on here? Oh, she she's helping you to see another way to uh do webinars and actually get good feedback and some of that it looks like oh i see <laughs> no, no worries mary no worries at all now i do agree with mark though mark where's mark mark was saying that he doesn't think you can ever get the same level of rapport virtually you probably yeah. can't i think and, and i'll be honest i'm one of those people that comes fairly close though I got some comments from the one that I did yesterday and that's what they said. They said, this is very close. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm just good. I mean, heck, I, <laughs> I'm not even trying to sugarcoat that, uh, the reviews, the reviews show it. All right. All right. Since we don't, we're not creeping Joe out anymore. Let's, <laughs> let's put him back up. But isn't this crazy, you know, like, and I can just change on the fly to other people and it's just, so weird man it's just so weird <coughs> like there, there, there's the ugly girl again i that's, mean me that's as just, an ugly yeah girl. that's just yeah keep it there <laughs> <laughs> you like that one huh <laughs> i mean he's a black guy and he has a beard so it kind of looks a little you know closer but I, I think it's just amazing what can be done and so in today's episode of the friday froster episode 98 a company got scammed out of well two hundred thousand dollars in cash and then a whole bunch of crypto because someone used deep fake technology to uh, impersonate the chief communications officer at an organization um 
just beware that this kind of technology is out there. If you look at the top, that picture of me or that video of me is fake, as you can tell. The one at the bottom is the real me. And this is real time. Again, I'll scratch my nose so that you know this is not some video recording that occurred and then somebody swapped the faces afterwards. This is happening live in real time. Auditors, are you addressing this risk at your organization and have you even thought about it? That is the question that I have for you. Yes, it is crazy, Mary. It is very crazy. Now I'm going to take this back off the screen because it's starting to creep me out. Well, well, what's great is not only do we have to explain, you know, as auditors to executives and all that, but now I have to go back and explain to my wife because she was just opening the door, peeking in, going, what is going on? So uh, that's going to be a fun conversation in a minute as well. Uh, thank you for that, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. Repeat what happened. So, yeah, my, my wife just came home and she peeked in the door and she was like, what is going on? She has no clue what we're doing or what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Maybe you could send the fake Thomas to go talk to her. <laughs> Wait, I'm seeing the upside here in some instances of having this. Hmm. <laughs> all right. So as always, thank you all for joining us. Click that link over to the side, that QR code, join the auditor exchange community. Don't forget about the best-selling book about asking questions while auditing, ask better questions, get better answers, perform better audits, and don't forget about the fraud retreat. Go to fraudretreat.com. Thomas, anything you want to leave our people with today? Uh, well, if you're here in Houston, don't forget we have the Houston IIA uh, conference coming up in April, and Mr. Robert Berry here is going to be one of the speakers uh, and I'll have a, a lovely booth. We're going to even have some some giveaway stuff going on, which is going to be great. Uh, but then also, if you look up my name on Amazon, you can actually see that I actually have a book, two books out there now. It doesn't look uh, here. Uh, cybersecurity for private businesses and uh, internal controls for private businesses. So uh, if you know of any kind of small businesses that could really use internal controls and they don't want to hire an expert, I uh, made them real affordable out there on Amazon. So go check those out. And but yeah, I look forward to that fraud retreat too. That's going to be great going to Colorado in August, considering the heat here in Houston. It's going to be nice to get away from the, the heat for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, all right. Until next week. Awesome. See you guys later.